0: Today's show is brought to you by Jubilee Hall Gym, Covent Garden. Need an effective workout using state-of-the-art equipment in the heart of London's West End? Then visit Jubilee Hall Gym on the corner of Covent Garden, where you can also check out the gym sauna, as well as a whole host of great fitness classes. Join the best gym in central London with memberships starting from just £14.98 a week. Find out more at jubileehallgym.co.uk or telephone 0207 836 or 007 to work out at Jubilee Hall Gym, Covent Garden. Hello everybody and welcome to the latest edition of the Two Guys on Fitness podcast about training, keeping fit, diet and lifestyle hosted by me, Alan Teresa. I'm an average gym guy but my good friend here, Julian Bertharat, who also hosts the podcast, is a personal trainer so he's not an average gym guy at all. Hello Julian, how are you doing? Hello Alan, I'm doing good. You? Uh, I'm absolutely fine, thank you very much. And you join us this month everybody. Uh, Last month we were doing Lots of exercise for the back. Julian was doing lots of exercise for the back. But this month, we're going to be looking at something very close to Julian's heart on the podcast, which is how to be a successful personal trainer. Now a lot of men and women uh, are interested particularly if they go to the gym in taking up personal training as a profession but what actually is the reality of that and what you need to do to be a success which is what we're going to be looking at this month on the podcast so Julian who have you been speaking to this month about personal training
1: Yeah this month I've been talking to Josh Peters a personal trainer he's been in the business uh, for uh, 10 years now and Josh have some good advice for people who want to start in the business. And uh, and it was quite uh, an interesting conversation, I have to say.
0: Yes, that is certainly true. Uh, You'll be pleased to hear, ladies and gentlemen. I also had a listen to the conversation between Josh and Julian about how to get started as a personal trainer, how to use social media, get clients, and how to build a business. So should we have a little listen to what uh, you and uh, Josh have to say to each other in a sort of personal trainer style? Yes, Pleasing interview.
1: Hi, everyone. Today, I have an interview with Josh Peters. He's a new colleague. He's new at Jubilee Hall, but he's not new at uh, in the business. So, Josh, tell me more about you. How long have you been a PT and how did you get started?
2: So, I've actually been a coach for about 14 years, uh, 14, 15 years. Uh, not always in, in personal training, but I've been a coach... Uh, for for 14, 15 years. I actually started um, my kind of journey... In coaching actually in uh in sport it was kind of how I first started when I was uh, at school many years ago um I did my level one level two crickets coaching sort of like uh, badges or qualifications whatever you want you want to call them and and that was my kind of first sort of step into coaching but in terms of personal training uh, I'm in my eighth year I think now yeah of personal training and yeah I've started working as a personal trainer yeah in Essex where I was born um, but I've been working in London uh, for the last sort of of six years now.
1: I did like a lot when you did say your background was a sport background. Would you, have you met a lot of over the last year, almost decade of uh, more than a decade of training, other sport, and personal trainer with sport background, or is not uh, the main things?
2: No, no, I have. I've most definitely met people who. Well, I, mean, I, I think maybe we're we'll going a bit detail about about my kind of work history, but like having met a lot of personal trainers over the last sort of decade, last ten years, eight years. I mean, I think more often than not, personal trainers generally are into their sports, or perhaps maybe they're quite active people, um and that's kind of how that that sort of led them into the industry in the first place. So, but most definitely I think most of the personal trainers who I've worked with or I'm friends with have played sport at some point normally quite a good level and again I think that's how they kind of fall in love with Exercise and, and training, and they're, they're sort of very passionate about it, I think. But yeah, but it's most definitely been some trainers who actually perhaps it didn't like sport, actually, and they're coming through a, a bit of a, a different route. But I'd say more often than not, like, yes, like a lot of, lot of PTs who are into their sports as well.
1: Yes, I think it's important to, it's a very diversified mm-hmm. uh, industry very. with people with different backgrounds. So that makes the, the whole thing interesting. What was your first client experience like?
2: I mean, obviously, eight years ago was a long time ago, but um, I remember, so I used to work. Work at. My first job in personal training was um, I used to work for a David Lloyd, uh, which is a large, obviously, leisure business uh, in the, here in the UK. Um, and I joined there as a uh, personal trainer and we used to have to do a certain amount of, of gym floor hours as well as personal training. So we used to do all the inductions, classes, um, whilst also having our own personal training clients. So my first sort of client experience for sure was doing inductions sort of on the gym floor with people who have joined the sort of David Lloyd. It's your first client. It's a very nervous, very nervous sort of experience when you first start working with someone. When you do your sort of level three course, you obviously learn... Anatomy and physiology, you obviously learn how to write, you know, basic training programs with people, but you know, you don't actually spend any time kind of working with a client. So to actually put all that information that you've learned, you know, actually into practice. Um, is, you know, is a bit of a nerve-wracking experience but I think I, I planned it well she was new to the gym so we spent a lot of time kind of bit in the matted area and making sure that she felt comfortable and so again I think what I'm trying to say is with a good plan you can make that kind of first client experience as easy for you yeah. as possible um, I think if you go in w- without a plan and you try to sort of free sort of free flow it, I think you're making it harder for yourself, but overall, it was good. I remember being very nervous uh, but also like very you know, very proud of myself that I kind of did it. I learned a lot in that first session, sort of put it that way.
1: How difficult was it to get started, and what did you have to do to get established?
2: It was very difficult to get started uh, I think you know, this industry is difficult to get started in. There's more than one route into personal training as a a trainer. But like my kind of journey into the industry is probably a a typical one, I would say, certainly here in the UK, like most people, when they qualify, they, you know, they join a David Lloyd or a Pure Gym or Fitness First, for example, that's normally their kind of first job. And obviously, when you start in in those sorts of places, you don't have a client base, you don't have any experience. So unfortunately, certainly in this country, the, um, you know, the kind of life expectancy of a personal trainer suppose. Is, is, is pretty low. So, uh,
1: I will, I will uh, join you in saying that in France, statistically, it's a bit the same. There's a huge amount of people who get qualified. And then, within few years, basically stop because, as you just say rightly, it's very hard to build up a client base if you're not freelance. Mm. But then it's hard to get freelance as well. So it is,
2: it is. Now, and again, I, I can't remember the, the exact statistic here in the UK, but it's probably not dissimilar—a year, two years, maybe 18 months. I don't think the industry is set up in a way that kind of makes it easy for you to, to kind of get started. Like, yeah, lots of gyms, sort of one of the ones that I mentioned, you know, don't pay, don't pay you very well when you first start. So so obviously you're under a lot of pressure to kind of make this work, um, and, and as you say, like you know, perhaps when you come more experience and you move on to freelance, the opportunity to kind of earn more money is easier. But you obviously to become freelance in the first place, you need to be, you know, you need to you need to have experience, but also you need some some kind of money behind you already. So it's a very difficult that kind of first sort of two years as a trainer is a very difficult time. Um, but I think if you can get through that, um, I think the, I mean. you I think you learn a lot of lessons in that first two years, mm. um, but I think if you can get through that, those first two years, I think you know you can go on to have a very um, enjoyable career.
1: W- would you say that if you can remember your personal training course, would you say they teach us everything to be competitive in the business, or is it just mm. sometimes incomplete?
2: I, I, I won't mention who I did my level f- my level three with, but but I know that it's very similar across the board. Certainly here in the UK, the answer is no. Essentially, that you the current level three that's taught in this country I don't think prepares you for the job I think as I said I kind of alluded to earlier it gives you the very basic the very basic knowledge of you know anatomy and physiology sort of basic training principles you know it, it kind of gives you a very basic foundation but how to actually interact with another person how to motivate them how to help someone negotiate like a a very difficult journey with their health and fitness. I don't think it makes you anywhere anywhere near prepared for that. So I think the people who are successful in this industry are, are the ones who understand that very early and then really put the work in to kind of fill those gaps that are kind of left after Level 3, if you see what I mean. I'm hoping it's something that will be, you know, that people will address... You know sort of in the future but i certainly think at the moment i don't think it's quite quite there
1: how would you describe your personal training
2: so if, i think for me it's definitely changed over the years um when i first started personal training with clients i had a very like quite like a narrow understanding for sure but like a narrow kind of perspective i think on exercise and training because i come from a very sport background um as i've told you before julian i used to play rugby and cricket and training was something that i used to kind of uh, improve my my performance um you know on the rugby pitch or on the cricket pitch but obviously when you kind of step away from that life and you go into personal training you're generally working with people in the general population like you're not working with athletes i work with a lot of people who don't enjoy exercise so for me it was like oh okay like i really enjoy this thing and you, I think I kind of naively thought that people, everyone, everyone everyone, who was going to the gym is going to enjoy training and exercise. So very quickly I realized that, that, that wasn't the case. So personal training with me, first and foremost, is all about um, obviously meeting the individual and kind of trying to meet them where they are in terms of their experiences, in terms of like their, their likes, their dislikes. Obviously their goals is obviously a big factor into kind of how we train. But I'm a big fan of... If people enjoy what they do with me, they're more likely to be more consistent, they're more likely to stay for longer, and therefore they're more likely to actually achieve the goals that that they want so for me really it's about in those one two three hours a week with my clients how can i make that the most positive experience for them and obviously the actual training aspect obviously on the gym floor here especially at jubilee hall we have numerous different tools different pieces of equipment yeah but that that we can kind of use to help help do that everyone's got different likes and dislikes haven't they with training like how you train one client might be very differently to another client so personal training for me is always about the client the person who i'm working with and then I just pick the tool, the right tools for that person to kind of help them get there. It's kind of how I would describe it.
1: Yeah, I will agree. I mean, will you agree saying that, you know, you the people successful in the business are the one who understand early how to negotiate. And I would say also that, uh, as you just say or describe, you, you say that the, the way you understand, like because you face a lot of people who do not want to train and it's a certain skill to know or to train people who do not want to be with, yeah, at the first place, you know. It's, uh, it's a key, it's a core of the business, I think, to train people who do not want to be trained. Yeah,
2: No, I think, I kind of think, I think that is the business pretty much because it's, it's not always the case, but like a large amount of people who personal trainers are going to work with are people who either don't enjoy exercise or perhaps are struggling to see results or, you know, perhaps don't necessarily identify with training um, and they're coming for you for, for help, for that kind of guidance um, you know, to try to um, nurture a good relationship with training and exercise. So, I think if you're if you're thinking about becoming a personal trainer, I think you need to very quickly understand who your kind of market is going to be unless you're kind of a strength and conditioning coach working with a rugby team or a football team you know people there who are there to be paid to be there you know they're trying to they're high performers they're trying to improve score more goals or whatever it might be like you need to understand that most of the people who, that you're going to be working with are the general population we are like, humans are very complex so you have to get that you have to really quickly get your head into that
1: yeah I totally agree I uh sometime I remember when I'm doing this job how I'm thinking about my school teacher, you know, when I was uh, doing a course, I uh, like mathematics or things I hated, and I I remember like usually the good course like that like not very popular or uh, foreign language, you know, usually people don't like that, and uh, I remember the teacher trying in front of 30 students and trying to grab to interest. As much as possible, you know, uh, student, and I think when you train people, uh yeah, there is this amount of a lot of people won't come, uh, w- uh, won't come with a big smile. But in the majority, you want to, to meet them halfway, you know. You
2: do, so, yeah, no, one hundred percent. I think like what I've tried to get good at actually is kind of normalizing that because like. I think it's okay to not enjoy something like you like you work with some clients who, who, who will never enjoy training and might never enjoy exercise, but it's still good for them. And, you know, obviously our job is, is to try to sell the benefits of exercise and training and try to match those benefits with what that person values and what they actually enjoy in life. If you can make that bridge of how exercise improves those things, because that's what they care about, not what you care about as a trainer, you're going to have much better success in this career I think that one of the worst things that you can do as a personal trainer is try to put your own biases on your clients because they are different to you and although that I will always try to help people improve their relationship with exercise like I do understand actually there are some people who may never really enjoy it as much as I do and that's okay try to normalize that early w- with them but it's okay if you don't love every minute of of exercise but this is why it's good for you this is how it's going to benefit the things that you do enjoy whether it's like your family or whether you like I don't know going on holiday or whether you're a very high pressured sort of businessman or businesswoman and you know how exercise actually is going to be beneficial for you like running your very large company because um, exercise has got like many 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 benefits that are not spoke about a lot.
1: For yourself do you have any personal training goals at the moment?
2: I talk about this a lot with my clients my kind of goals have varied a lot over the years when I first started training I very much wanted to look better for me it was about building muscle getting stronger that was most definitely like the first sort of three years of my kind of training was dominated by that but as i think as i've got older so i'm 33 years old at the moment but i've been in a gym environment you know for a long time um over 15 years for sure it most definitely was at the start i wanted to build muscle wanted to be bigger look better um but i think as i've got older and as i've become a bit more uh well-rounded as a human my goals now really are about even at 33 are about longevity function about like feeling good, feeling healthy. I'm a a very active person, obviously. Um, I like doing lots of things in my social time outside of the gym that are very active that require me to be able to walk far or jump on a bike or things like that. So again, for me, it's about exercise for me is about how can I get the most out of those activities. So I train to be strong enough, be healthy enough. A word that I like is kind of physical autonomy. So being able to do what I want to do. I don't want to feel physically impaired in terms of like doing something that I want to do. Mm -hmm. So for me, it's kind of less about how I look now, more about getting the most out of my life like i guess the easiest way to describe that is having a better quality of life i guess
1: i think it's uh, we can say safely like uh, getting older also means getting smarter
2: okay <laughs> yeah for sure no definitely <laughs> so describe your typical clients and also how do your clients find you my typical clients and this is perhaps because of the places that i've worked but, but my, my typical clients are yeah, 30 40 50 city workers people who are work in insurance, people who work in law, finance. Um, I've worked a lot over the years with um, people yeah, in kind of managerial roles, CEOs, managing directors. I try to say a lot of the time that my clients are what I would call like normal people, like in inverted commas, like people who've got families, friends, like lots of pressures in different directions. I don't generally work with athletes or or like recreational athletes i would say it's probably just normal people who, who want to get more out of their lives i would say you know i hear sometimes people train athletes uh,
1: but there's something i don't get really you know professional sport people are not really coming to a public gym, no? I mean, uh, I'm from Clermont, and Clermont got a rugby team. They got their own gym. Cool. I mean, it's a job. It's a, you know... So I'm not, <laughs> is that not something, like, overstated when people say, you're? Oh, I'm training athlete, but your job is not to be a, a sport professional?
2: Yeah, well, I think and again maybe this is me talking about my own experience like when i first started to train to become a personal trainer you know obviously that i had that big kind of sporting background you know and i would love to have worked with people at clermont and things like that but it's it's no obviously the people the people who you're talking about you know these 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 huge sporting teams have got their own facilities where they, where, where they uh, train they've got their own coaches and coaches things like that in terms of having an impact as a coach sort of using umbrella term you know I think you, you're going to have a much bigger impact on the world being a personal trainer than you are you know someone who of trains forwards for clermont for example because again like your kind of catchment area is, is is a lot larger unless it's obviously your goal to be in sport itself i think people can undervalue i think sometimes how rewarding it is to be a personal trainer who works with the general public i think so i do think sometimes maybe like working with athletes is put too high on the pedestal and maybe jen pop is a bit underneath but i think a lot of people come into the industry with the dream of working you know for arsenal football club or whatever it might be but then come to the realization actually you know what i actually quite enjoy working with andrew who works in insurance or like laura who works in in law you know actually finds a passion for working with like normal people so yeah i think that's quite a normal journey that a lot of trainers sort of go on i think
1: so just because you, um, let's um, get back to that uh, second part of the question, uh, which is how do your clients find you?
2: So obviously, as you told your listeners at the start, I'm I'm new here yeah, at, at Jubilee Hall. So when I in my previous job, I used to work for yeah, a local business here yeah, in Covent Garden. So obviously how you would find me would be through... Their website and things like that, but how my clients should generally find me now is through LinkedIn. So you just search Joshua Peters, and I, yeah, I'll pop up. And I do have Instagram, yeah, but I do have Facebook as well. Um, but I, I'm in the process at the moment of putting together yeah, a website and just trying to figure out kind of where to sort of put myself. You know, in this sort of new scenario where I am at the moment. But probably at the moment, the easiest way to find me is probably on Facebook and LinkedIn. Obviously, not all of them, but a large percentage of my clients over the last. know six years i'm not are not people who generally are on social media a lot you know perhaps maybe they're a bit older or they just don't have that much interest in you know instagram or facebook or you know all my clients do generally have linkedin because obviously they're, they're they're busy professionals and they they understand the sort of benefits of having a professional profile online So I think for me personally, having a very busy Instagram profile or busy Facebook profile, I think I think for me personally hasn't been that important. However, if your client base is are people who are on social media, if you're an online trainer, or maybe you your your clients again are are from a generation where social media is a very big thing, you first have to ask yourself like who is it that you want to work with, and then obviously you want to make sure that you that you're putting your business where those people are going to be. I'm trying to track people who are generally like my current client base so that's why i've got a linkedin profile and that's why i don't perhaps put i don't have a tiktok profile or i don't put a lot of time into my instagram because i don't get a lot of leads sort of from there what's your advice for anyone starting out training themselves let's say maybe you haven't done any exercise since school for example let's say that you used to do pe at school you're now you know you're now thinking about okay i want to i'm out of school I'm, you know in adult life now, and I'm thinking about doing some exercise. I think the most important thing I think you need to do first is, is which is a bit difficult to do sometimes, but it's just try to fight. Start slowly. I think would definitely be one. I think that the the typical mistake that a lot of people make is they they kind of go from zero to hero in one week. They they decide that they're going to start to train on day one and then and then they convince themselves i'm going to go to, i'm going to go to the gym five times a week or six times a week and you know that's just way too much that's unrealistic it's way too much and often you know after about four weeks they they understand that they can't continue and then they quit and then you, and you end up getting in this sort of reoccurring cycle every year of this is going to be my year where i'm going to be training regularly but you use the same approach and it doesn't work so first and foremost i think it's just to be really start slow and kind of be realistic like yeah, when you start you know i think sitting down and actually genuinely writing down how many times a week do i think i can actually i can definitely get to the gym or go for a run or go for whatever it is your your preference is which i think is probably my second bit of advice for anyone starting is start with something that you enjoy start with something that you you know that you quite like the sound of you know if you if, it, if it's your just if, it, if it's your first step into exercise and you really are intimidated by a gym environment or you don't like a certain activity you need you, know, you, you don't have to start there you know you could start with with, with just trying to walk ten thousand steps a day like you could just by start by going for a walk on a saturday morning i think the most important thing is, is to get started with something that you quite enjoy or you don't mind and then from there you can slowly build you know it's a journey exercise it's a marathon not a sprint which is a bit of a a bit of a a regular thing people say but I think start off small find something that you enjoy and then slowly build from that point is probably the best bit of advice I can give you
1: a very uh, sensible answer again so is the question for people who might want to be personal trainer so what's your advice for anyone who thinks they might want to be personal trainer
2: Um, my advice would be it's a a that, that I think it's a good idea because it's a great career. Um, it's very challenging for numerous different reasons. But I think my my advice to you would be is to again very quickly understand who it is that you want to work with, or try to understand who you who are the thought people that you might want to work with. Understand that if you're coming from an office job to a personal trainer, that that your lifestyle is going to change a lot, especially when you're starting out. You know, when you're freelance and you have been for a few years, you have a bit more control over your diary in terms of like I'm going to work these hours or not but when you're first starting you're just trying to get experience and you know you're probably going to be working mornings evenings you know you're probably going to be working quite a lot you know kind of unsociable hours so I think try to get your head around the fact that you know that this is a this is a commitment it's not like an you know it's it's quite a unique job in that sense like it's it's hard work it's long hours but it's, it's, it is very rewarding as well so there's a couple there and again i think the third one would be as we kind of alluded to earlier is understand that once you've done your level three is the kind of learning starts there you don't do your level three qualification and then that's it like you your. you you're you're good to go it's like no level three kind of just gives you the absolute foundations to start working with people but once you've qualified you've now got to put some things in place where you're going to work on these gaps that you're you're unaware of um and you you only learn of when you start working with people so i think what i'm trying to say is 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 get used to the fact that this is going to be an a learning curve all the time Which is one of the good things about being a personal trainer is that you you can't complete personal training. It's it's something that you're constantly learning, growing as you go. So I hope that's some good advice, I think.
1: And also, um, as you say, the job for your own personal training, the way you train yourself, Mm -hmm. you did change over the year. As getting older yeah and uh, it's a learning process for your own personal training for your business so that's uh, another very good aspect of this job Mm. you learn all the time
2: time.
1: briefly what is the best and worst aspect of being a personal trainer maybe a couple for each let's say
2: Uh, okay Um, so best aspects are for sure like helping people to achieve something whether it's fat loss or getting stronger or achieving their first push-up they've ever done but what i'm pleased to say as a personal trainer is that when people do come to see you especially here here in the city it's normally before work at lunch times or in the evenings where they're kind of not at work so you do have a good opportunity with people to be the best hour of their day because generally when people are at work they're stressed they're tired you know and people generally come to you for a good experience so more often than not if you know if you work well well with someone and you get on with someone you know you you, you get very close to your clients you know yeah, they almost become like your friends over over many many years I've worked with clients for six seven years and it's like working with you know, people who you know really really well all the time and that's a really really nice feeling worst aspects are <laughs> the early starts are quite hard sometimes I must say like especially in the summer it's okay but in the winter when it's dark and it's cold like I get up at 4.15 4. in the morning because I live a little bit out of London and it's like, okay, this is quite hard. So like when you're getting quite tired, like the early mornings, but again, I think, I think, I think that's, just, that's just me moaning, I think more than anything else. I think because a lot of personal trainers are passionate about what, what they do, I think that when a client doesn't achieve what they want and there's only so much as a trainer that you can actually do um you know a lot of our, our clients have got to go on the journey themselves like you're just a guide to kind of help them get there it's very difficult i think to, to when a client is disappointed for whatever reason to, to not feel sad with them or kind of take it personally or certainly for me i think i care a lot about my clients and kind of how they feel about their experience and it's not sometimes it's quite hard to see someone disappointed like kind of um, who you care about so it, there's plenty of highs and lows with being a personal trainer but you know i'd say again i think that's part of the the overall kind of enjoyment of it i think um what did
1: you learn about being a pt that surprised you the most
2: the thing that that surprised me the most was working with like if i talk about my own experience working with the general population and what people's again like general perception is of exercise of nutrition of training um certainly in london um, but i'm sure it's common in all you know cities around the world and towns but you know a lot of people who who we work with again are, are very sedentary they don't do it any exercise any activity um a lot of them you know i will spend you know 13 14 hours a day sort of sat down and i think one of the things that surprised me the most when i first started is it's how sedentary some people are you know i understand that not everyone's going to be like running five kilometers every day or things like that but yeah i was quite shocked actually about how little people move um but i do understand kind of why why that is because you know being a adult in a modern world is there's a lot of responsibilities and, and especially in you know in if you work in an office you know a lot of the time you're sat at your desk because that that is just what is the norm. So I think, yeah, uh, how sedentary some people are, or how how hard some people find to fit activity into their day, I, I think I found that really, really, really uh, surprising.
1: Yes, I uh, again, I agree. And I uh, backed again to this uh, central question for how to be successful as a personal trainer for people who might want to be. I think it's You say understanding the people's need, also on the bigger picture, understanding what sort of society we are living in, Mm -hmm. which push people to be really sedentary people. And uh, it's a complete change uh, in the human story compared to... I don't know, a century ago, people we're living in a society of service services, yeah? So, yeah, it's uh, that's important to understand that and to, again, to be empathetic mm, like you Absolutely. And uh, to, uh, to end up this conversation, what is the best way for people to contact you if they want to train with you?
2: Certainly at the moment, the best way that people would get in contact with me would be uh, through the Jubilee Hall website um, or my LinkedIn profile, so uh, Joshua Peters. Um, and my, my email address, I suppose, is probably the best way. My email address is joshuapeterspt at gmail.com.
1: Thank you very much, Josh, for your time. Uh, I have to say, I found all around this interview very informative, very positive. So it's been a pleasure. And uh, see you around. Ciao, Josh. See
2: you later.
0: So that's you and Josh Peters there talking about the wonderful world of personal training. So let me ask you a couple of questions, Julian. First of all, uh, as you were talking about there about the qualification process, how helpful is it what you learn when you qualify as a personal trainer?
1: When I try to remember what I did learn at that time, it's I think we go through basic human body, biomechanics, uh, physiology, all that. It was interesting, but I think when you, it would have been better if actually you, I was doing, um, I, I was uh, already training people on the gym floor because then you got a content. You know, it's very hard to sit in a room and talk about how you would train somebody who is uh, a woman with pregnant or somebody with overweight. And uh, it was a lack of uh, connection with your reality. So that's uh, what to, to answer uh, straight to the point of the question. I think it's, I do not remember much from, uh, from that time. I'm sad to say, I think nothing prepares you to the real Um, aspect of the job which is spending an hour with someone in trying to share uh, your knowledge and to more importantly make the person be able to connect with you you. I think uh, and I don't think the qualification uh,
0: prepare you to that Now you both come from a sports background uh, which was where you both uh, began your careers how helpful is that in becoming a successful personal trainer
1: well from obviously from my own experience i think the fact that i play rugby for so many years definitely helped me because it kind of bring uh, there's a kind of a uniformity in in the business everybody does the same exercise sometimes um i'm watching all over the day the same exercise uh, proposed by a lot of people uh, trainers and i think it's you know it's it's hard in the business. It's very hard to have uh, your unique approach because there's so much you can do uh, when you come to train yourself. But I think it's sport definitely bring you a more realistic approach of what is an effort. You know uh, when you come to pace, uh, form, but also when it come to intensity. In sport, we have a good idea of what it is. Uh, in uh, an intense training so yeah definitely it helped I think it's better if you, if you start just like only from your gym life you well you can only propose and share your experience that you have only on the gym my experience is mixed from inside so the indoor training and the outdoor the rugby and also don't forget I used to do some uh, train for triathlon at some point point. And, uh, and I did a tiny bit of football. I think it's it does it is important to have a mixed expense because then you can share more to people.
0: Now, if, with regard to clients, which was obviously a big part of your conversation there, how do you build a client base uh, when you get started as a personal trainer? How do you get your clients and get them to train with you for a long period of time?
1: Obviously, yeah, that's uh, you. You raise a good point, which is a length of you know, how long can you train someone and remain pertinent with uh, in your service for the client. But I would say to start with, I think for my, again, I'm just looking for my experience, but I think a solid, safe way to start in the business is just to work for a gym as uh, a fitness instructor. Uh, Because you need to learn what it is to spend an hour with someone and to basically train someone efficiently for an hour. Because, you know... Again, it, there is th- like a lot of things in life that is a, the best learning lesson is when you do things and you practice. And I think to do it all over again, week after week for a few months, training people for an hour with different sort of um, client profile. And uh, and then after, and just, just a gut instinct, which is you talk to your client and you say, I want to go freelance. Uh, I'm going to increase my price. And basically you take a piece of paper like I like did and you write down the name of the people who follow you and the price they accept to pay. You do the math. Uh, you try to do that on the lower scale to not be, you know, obviously surprised when you start. And that's how exactly I start. So when I start, I never, never, and I still not uh, have any issue to, you know, to pay my rent, to the, the financial... It's, it's a strong, solid financial basis. It's, uh, but you should not go freelance... I think if you do not have this client base at the beginning, because you will feel in the pressure all the time. And I think it's a job. You're not here to feel the pressure. You're here to feel you should be calm, relaxed and provide a a positive experience to your clients.
0: And with regard to those clients, what has been the most regular request over the years that clients have asked of you? It's uh, to be supportive, really, to be supportive in any way.
1: So to be there for them to follow them Years after years, uh, I had plenty of time, like sometime a couple of coffee with here or they are just checking on them all over all, because I think, you know, the training session is interesting, uh, but there is an after and beyond training session. Uh, Sometimes people share a lot of things, you know, like they can come to mental issues, uh, medical issues, stuff like that. You can't tackle everything at once on the gym floor. So it's good to take it out of the gym floor, talk a little bit. And And then get back on the gym floor to basically train. And yeah, sometimes it's just like uh, to change uh, some exercise, to proceed by superset, for example, or just to stick
0: to one body part per session or to do a full body, that sort of thing. And in terms of promoting what you do to potential clients, how have you gone about over the years most successfully promoting yourself as a personal trainer and what role does social media play in that promotions which is something that josh spoke about when you had the conversation
1: well when i start i think the fir- as a freelance i mean uh, the first two years i just have a simple um poster profile uh, in the cafe at jubilee uh, like basically everybody else uh, an email address uh, a phone number and that's it. After two or four years, I decided it was time to have a, a website. Uh, shortly after that, uh, the blog came out and now the podcast. I think social media is not everything. I think the reason why from the people maybe come to train with me and I, from what I understand is they see me training with someone. That's how it works. It's word of mouth, definitely. And I think it's uh, and that is very important because when you do that right, when you get the right... Outcome from uh, people about you, your persona. This is gonna stick with you for a while, uh, to not say ever. And uh, so, yeah, this is important. You, I try every time I'm on the gym floor. I try to think like there's one eyes somewhere. And looking at me when I train the client and, uh, it, it's silly things like I try to never sit down when I train someone because you're not the one who should be at rest. You're here to bring, again, positive energy to the session. So I never sit. Obviously, I never use my phone. All these kind of thing, people
0: are sensible to that and they pay attention to that. Now you see personal trainers on the gym floor all the time. Uh, I know I do when I go to the gym, uh, that's your competition uh you're all competing with each other i suppose how competitive is it as an industry what's the reality of that
1: well back to you know we were talking about the qualification and all that that's another thing to do not mention a word you know how do you behave when you are in a sector of activity which is usually competitive you know um they did not teach me anything about it. And I don't think, talking to Josh, I don't think they did anything in that way with him as well. I think you have to be aware, like, you're not the only one who wants to sell this service. It can be potentially a lot of money uh, at the end. And that's why it's very competitive, you know. And uh, But I think the uh, how do I deal with uh, the competition? I think I observe a lot. I uh, I tend to see what people are doing good. Uh, I bring my own, again, expands from my own life expand, which is I'm a rugbyman at first, and then I became a gym person. So I try to do that. And uh, yeah, and then I listen to, also it's a big part, listen to what people say or want, and basically try to deliver the service. Uh, and yeah, that's, uh, but yeah, it, it is a huge competition. But, as I say, once you are
0: established it's um you it's fifty percent done really and what have you learned over the years you've been in the industry now for fourteen years, I think, so what have you learned over those fourteen years about the business
1: well for me it's uh so obviously it's a it's a great question. there is a misunderstanding it's not what you want as a trainer that matter it's really what people want as a client and what they want, it's, you know, if I if I was uh, a, um, a trainer, I could say, like, what they want is results. And you know what? What I learned is I'm not that sure is that about results and also what is result means, like is burning calorie? I don't know. You know, it's, uh, it's very, it's, uh, you can bring a lot of uh, subjectivity. Yeah. So, but yeah, to listen to people, what they want, it's to... And for an hour, to get out of their life of their routine and to take care of themselves and uh yeah, I think what I did learn is it's just forget what you think you know. And listen to what people say because uh, people have a lot of things to say, and also training is not a natural thing to do. People feel like it's um, you know of course. It's not of course at all. It's not a natural thing to do, and uh, and uh, I remember a lot when I was in school. Uh, for example, when I was in a, uh, listening to the professor of mathematics, and uh, I and I hated mathematics, and I, I was thinking about so now I'm sort of the teacher, and the idea is not to co- to convince people to love mathematics, but just to retain, shoe uh, key point, basic, and uh, yeah. So there yeah, is definitely a learning process, but you learn what I learn is you learn more about people than actually um, an exercise
0: or a super set, you know. And finally, how enjoyable is it as a profession
1: well it's uh I often say to people who want to start like if you do it right, it might become the best job of your life i mean uh i uh, I'm definitely adamant about that. It's just like money wise the time uh you you the time required to make good money it's uh, very attractive compared to some other job you are your own boss you work on your image you do work on yourself as well because obviously you need to look fit and all that it's a, it's a win win job and uh, i have to say i'm i'm i've been doing this for 14 years now and i can give i can say that uh, i'm ready to give Uh, another 14 years at least and uh, it's a great job because of uh, the connection we have with, uh, with the people I don't work behind a screen every week it can be slightly different there's a kind of pattern obviously but they yeah, I don't feel bored at all, I have to
0: say. so Which is a wonderful thing, obviously. And we just want to say a big thank you to Josh Peters. And if you do want to get in touch with Josh, check him out on his social media. I think he mentioned his LinkedIn in the interview or email him uh, on the email address he also mentioned in the interview. Interested in popular culture, movies,
1: music and politics? Then check out ageofdivision.com to read reviews retrospective and commentary on the current crazy world we live in Ageofdivision.com where popular culture
0: meets the world we live in so every month on the podcast, as regular listeners will be more than aware, we take a couple of questions that come into us or sometimes comments from the listeners. And we have a little bit of a chat and we do our best to answer the questions. If it's a specific request, you can contact us by going to our website twoguysonfitness.com or by going to his website julienberthora.com or you can check us out at our Instagram, our Facebook or our Twitter. And we love it when people get in touch. So So we've pulled a couple of questions this month, and I do believe Julian, you have the first question this month, so fire away. Today our first question comes from Jane who does not tell
1: us where she comes from and who has asked this question via our website. I'm retired after more than 30 years of teaching and I'm thinking of exercising on a regular basis. I have no serious health issue but could easily
0: lose a few pounds. Any tips? So there you go. This is, uh, we get these kind of questions uh, regularly from people who don't currently exercise and are thinking of doing so or of joining a gym and what they should expect It's an important uh, move for a lot of people. So Jane here, um, who is retiring, I think that's another key aspect here, isn't it? Somebody's age. Uh, what's your advice for Jane?
1: Well, I think... Uh when you, again, when you go to the gym, you know, it's, uh, it's such a particular uh, environment. So I will go with classes, you know, um, there's different sort of classes. You can have the body pump classes, you can have a, a spinning. Usually people go to spinning because, you know, uh, it tends to be in a dark room. It's... uh, You got the music. It's... You can go through. uh, If it's too hard, you can just decrease the resistance, stuff like that. There is a team spirit as well uh body pump it's it's a nice one too you got some interval training uh, trx training uh, classes uh i will say at the beginning venture try different classes uh there is the option of the personal training always a bit expensive at the beginning it's a cost i mean you know you can uh, make your own research about it and find out how much it, it could cost you, you know, how many sessions a week and all that. Uh, I think also the best option is maybe to start with a young fitness instructor who will walk you through for uh, a cheaper price uh, to what is a training session, uh, the structure of a training session, how the machine work. Because, you know, you do not have to pay every single time to find someone uh, to explain you an exercise on the gym floor, or at least I think, I hope you not have to. But, um, yeah, classes... Uh, some instruction from somebody who work at the gym and uh, and also because there is plenty of uh, great video uh, on youtube you can go uh, you know training for beginners you could type and uh, it's very reassuring and feel like that so and also don't uh, you talk about exercising Not only in the gym, I will say, you know, don't forget, like, I don't know if you're a runner or if you like rowing or stuff like that, but do not hesitate to mix between the outdoor and the
0: indoor. Uh, and of course another way to get started which is how I got started funnily enough is uh, to join a gym with a friend and if you join with a friend uh, you've got someone to go with regularly and it's more of a social thing than exercising until you kind of like um, get established I suppose
1: yeah it's uh, it does help to know a few faces on the gym floor or in the gym you know it's uh, because after you say you retired after 30 years of teaching it's a great job teaching so uh, I would say now it's time to find sort of a new routine that you know you can structure your day and your week you know it's not the idea is not to spend every day uh, six hours in the gym but you know it's uh, retirement is a crucial time in people's life so you want to kind of find a substitute to enjoy yourself training as I say outdoor indoor I insist on that because the gym is not the, uh, the temple for exercising it's an option like plenty of other so it's
0: important to remind that to people. That is certainly true, though, frankly, after 30 years of uh, teaching, I think, Jane, you'd probably uh, need a little time off, to be honest with you. OK, so I've got the... Oh, that's helpful, Jane. I've got the next question here, which has come from Fran, who has got in touch through our Instagram, and it goes something like this. Quote, <laughs> How much does Julian exercise a week? I have looked at Julian's photographs, uh, I'll just step off the question here, uh, Fran, and say, poor you. And now back to the question. Quote, and he looks pretty fit to me. I am married, unquote. Okay, that last part obviously has some importance to Fran for some reason. But um, how often, regularly, and honestly, do you train a week, Julian Berthrad personal trainer?
1: Well, it all depends on of the, of the schedule uh, because you see the client schedule come first and then I fit my training in. I would say, minimum, it's free time. Uh, maximum five times if I can. Ideally, I, w- I like to train Monday to Friday every morning when I can because it's the best way to to train in the morning. It it makes so much more sense to train in the morning than afternoon or evening, at least to me. Uh, so yeah, I would say five times, and I, I make sure like uh, uh, yeah because I like the things the body like to. Uh, like uh, pattern you know so you have to repeat the exercise it's uh, it's a very hygienic things hygienic things for the body and the mind to do to train so and I, I don't get bored I have to say it's uh, if you put the right intensity the training usually go fast you know so yeah and you Alan, do you train once twice a week maybe
0: my regular plan is I train every other day I tend to uh, go mid to late afternoon to train after I've wrapped up all my work and and so on. But I was in Italy recently and, funny enough, what you were saying there, uh, I was going to the gym late morning, uh, which was a very enjoyable thing to do, except what I discovered afterwards for some strange reason was I would eat after going to the gym and then I would be very sleepy. Uh, and this being Italy, I would, if possible, uh, grab a couple of hours sleep, which was like a really lovely thing, but a bit of a strange thing, really. Uh, so yeah, so, so that's... Uh, what happens. So I hope that's uh, useful for you, Fran, and gives you a, a little insight into mm-hmm. the professional lifestyle of Julian Bertha the Personal Trainer with his uh, exercise program. So there you are, ladies and gentlemen, uh, the end of our two questions mm-hmm. for the month. And remember, if you do want to get in touch, You can go to our website. You can go to Julian's website. You can check out our social media. We read everything that comes in and we reply to everybody who drops us a line whether it's a question or otherwise. So if you do want to get in touch. So that's another episode of the two guys on fitness uh, for another month and uh, we just want to say again a big thank you to Josh Peters. It was fascinating hearing his perspective on personal training and also hearing Julian's perspective on personal training. Did you enjoy this episode Julian?
1: Yeah I did very much actually. Uh, This interview with Josh was very much uh, I did like the empathy coming out from it, uh, it was his answer was very sensible, and it's uh, yeah refreshing. You know, it was good to talk, and uh, that uh, I went, I get out of, I went out of the interview feeling very positive
0: about the business. So yeah, very good. And we hope you've enjoyed listening to uh, the episode this month, everybody. Whatever you do for the rest of the summer, do enjoy it. Enjoy the sunshine. Enjoy going to the gym if that is what you're doing, or perhaps going on holiday. And until next time, and next month, by the way, we'll be doing another exercise episode. But until then, what we say to you, wonderful listeners, is... Enjoy your
1: workout.